Hello, everyone, and welcome to Genocide News Now, a bi-weekly news update from the Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention. I'm your host, Molly Reagan. You can find us at www.lemkininstitute.com, as well as on Patreon, Spotify, and iTunes. All the news and action items mentioned in this podcast are available on our website. Now let's dive into the news. We first turn our attention to the Republic of Artsakh, which has been under siege from Azerbaijan since the 2020 war. The United States and the European Union are brokering ongoing peace talks between Azerbaijan and Armenia, which have so far resulted in Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan giving up claims to Artsakh in principle. This concession comes with certain conditions, the most important of which is the safety of the people of Artsakh. The Western world has intentionally left Artsakhsi leaders and representatives out of these negotiations. The dispute over the ownership of Nagorno-Karabakh or Artsakh has been a long-standing issue between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Nagorno-Karabakh is internationally recognized as a part of Azerbaijan, but is home to mostly ethnic Armenians who broke away from Azerbaijan in the 1990s. On May 4th, the two nations engaged in a four-day negotiating session that did not produce a peace agreement. However, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said he believed that a deal could be, quote, within sight, within reach, and praised the two sides for coming together to try to find common ground. Due to Azerbaijan's hostility, its continued blockade of the region, and a newly erected illegal checkpoint on the only road linking the Armenian enclave to the outside world, many ethnic Armenians are concerned about the welfare and safety of their people should this peace deal be accepted. The Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention is alarmed by this prospective peace deal and warns Western nations like the United States and the European Union of the consequences of being complicit in genocide. We remind the world that there can be no peace through genocide. Most recently, the Lemkin Institute issued open letters to Charles Michel, President of the European Council, Anthony Blinken, German President Olaf Scholz, and French President Emmanuel Macron regarding their possible complicity in genocide. The Western powers wish to position themselves as neutral arbiters of an ancient South Caucasus conflict, but Western policies and geopolitical interests have exacerbated Azerbaijan's sense of impunity as well as its military strength and diplomatic popularity. Our next story takes us to the international waters 50 miles southwest off the coast of Pylos, Greece. In the early morning hours of Wednesday, June 14th, a fishing boat carrying an estimated 750 people en route from Libya to Italy sank in the Mediterranean. Both Greek and Italian authorities were well aware of the overburdened vessel as they had been informed about it by the EU's border agency Frontex, which had been monitoring the boat from the sky. Two accounts from survivors given to Al Jazeera even claimed the Greek Coast Guard was towing the boat, which had been stranded for several hours at the time of its sinking. Greek authorities claimed they were in contact with the boat, but were told that the refugees did not want to be rescued as they were hoping to continue unimpeded to Italy. Nevertheless, humanitarian organizations have rejected such claims as an explanation for remaining idle as a vessel in distress is in distress no matter what its passengers say. Two boats unrelated to the Greek or Italian coast guards did stop to provide food and water for passengers at 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. respectively on the evening before the tragedy. Witnesses have stated that the passengers, including dozens of children, were not wearing life jackets throughout their treacherous journey. Only 104 people have been rescued alive, with 78 confirmed dead and countless missing. 
The victims are primarily Egyptians, Syrians, Pakistanis, Afghans, and Palestinians. The number of migrants attempting to reach Europe has skyrocketed in the past five years, driven by global inequity, the worsening climate crisis, and conflict. According to the UNHCR, 36,000 migrants have arrived in Europe's Mediterranean region between January and March this year, which is double the number of those who arrived in 2020. The Lemkin Institute wishes to amplify the message put forth by the UNHCR Special Envoy for the Central Mediterranean, Vincent Cochetel, who stated, quote, The boat was overburdened, was unseaworthy, and should have been rescued and its people taken to safety. There was a responsibility for the Greek authorities to coordinate a rescue to bring these people safely to land. The Lemkin Institute calls upon the international community, governments, and relevant stakeholders to prioritize protecting human life and immediately preventing further calamities in the Mediterranean Sea and other migration routes. States must fulfill their obligations under international law by ensuring the safety of individuals at sea, providing timely and effective search and rescue operations, and addressing the root causes that force people to undertake treacherous journeys. Additionally, we urge governments and civil society to work together in creating comprehensive and sustainable solutions that address the complex challenges surrounding migration. The reality necessitates efforts to promote peace, stability, and human rights, particularly in the areas affected by conflict and unrest. Furthermore, safe and legal pathways for migration must be established to ensure that vulnerable people are not compelled to resort to dangerous journeys, which often lead to exploitation, abuse, or the tragic yet preventable loss of life. Our next story for this episode comes from West Darfur, Sudan, where reports of increasing atrocity crimes and intensifying ethnic violence against the Masalit people are emerging. Though communication between the region and the outside world is very difficult, satellite images confirm that numerous villages have been burned, while unconfirmed photos posted to the internet show the streets of several towns filled with tarp-covered bodies. So far, over 100,000 people have fled into neighboring Chad to escape the region, which has been without power, medical supplies, or humanitarian aid since shortly after the war between the Paramilitary Rapid Support Forces, or RSF, and the Federal Sudanese Armed Forces, or SAF, erupted in mid-April. Since the early 2000s, Darfur has been the scene of genocide, in which an estimated 300,000 ethnically African Masalit, Fur, and Zagawa people have been killed at the hands of the regime of the former Sudanese president Omar al-Bashir and his ethnically Arab militia allies, primarily a group once known as the Janjaweed. Al-Bashir was deposed in a popular uprising in 2019, but the revolution was quickly co-opted by the military. A recent schism between two factions within the military has led to massive fighting in the capital capital Khartoum, which is now spreading to Darfur. On June 14th, the ethnically Masalit governor of West Darfur, Kamis Abakar, spoke out in an interview about the crimes being committed by the RSF in his state, calling their actions genocide. Hours later, videos circulated heavily on social media showed Abakar's abduction and execution at the hands of the RSF in his region's capital city of El Janina. The Lemkin Institute is heartbroken for the people of West Darfur and urges the international community to take immediate, serious action on behalf of those who have already suffered so much. As we see the reprisal of the events of 2003 and 2004, it is plain that the world's failure to take bold action to hold those who commit these horrors to account is in large part to blame. 
Impunity for atrocity crimes ensures they will continue. Those states party to the Rome Statute who have failed to enforce the International Criminal Court's arrest warrant for Omar al-Bashir as he traveled to their countries for over a decade have demonstrated to Hamedi and the RSF that there will be no repercussions for crimes against humanity in Darfur. Similarly, the failure of the international community to throw its full-throated support behind those democracy advocates whose efforts led to al-Bashir's removal from power have left the country and its people at the mercy of warlords. That is why the Lemkin Institute beseeches the international community to rectify its past mistakes and take definitive steps for accountability in Sudan, as it not only provides justice for the victims of these crimes, but is a critical step in the prevention of future genocide. We urge the International Criminal Court to investigate these most recent crimes under the mandate of UN Security Council Resolution 1593, the jurisdictional and temporal mandate of which still applies to these recent events. The ICC should be supported by the international community to fulfill its mission to bring the perpetrators of these atrocities to justice with the backing of such countries as the United States. Finally, the Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention applauds the announcement by Secretary General Antonio Guterres of the United Nation for its strategy and plan of action on hate speech. Hate speech is a proven precursor to genocide, so as it is on the rise throughout the world, it is important for the United Nations system to have a strategy to address and counter this problem on both the national and international level. The Lemkin Institute agrees that, as is stated in the strategy, Tackling hate speech is the responsibility of all, governments, societies, the private sector, starting with individual women and men. All are responsible. All must act. To read the full plan, visit the website for the UN's Office of Genocide Prevention and the Responsibility to Protect. That's all we have for this episode of Genocide News Now, but be sure to tune in to future episodes and stay up to date on global news. Please visit our website at www.lemkininstitute.com for more information on our work in the field of genocide prevention. And if you would like to take action and make an individual difference, feel free to take a look at our list of resources on our Take Action page on our website. Thank you for listening and have a great day.